there's a particular point when you observe musicians and you say, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Are there several instances or what was the instance that made you say, you know what, I'm going to get into production? Pharrell in my mind. I listened to that album. That's honestly the first album that I've ever uh, physically bought besides Bow Wow. Okay. <laughs> but that was the other one that I've bought and I listened to it. And I was like, man, I need to really, you know, really get into this physically, mentally, all that stuff. So Pharrell, <laughs> Pharrell was my first inspiration when it comes to producing. What was your first purchase or move to getting into production? Um, My first purchase was... uh. Actually, it was a down. I downloaded Fruity Loops um, when my brother. Actually, my brother, he was into it before I was, and his friend back at home in Seattle, uh, they were doing it before we moved to Michigan. And then uh, I got a little interested in it. This is around the same time in my mind was, uh, you know, came out as well. So I was like, okay, my brother's doing it. I, I love Pharrell. I might as well just jump into it as well, you know. And um, at that time, at that point in time, my brother had a group. A group of friends in high school that he was working with. The group was called Get Paid. <laughs> so, you know, I started making beats around them, and they were like, "Hey, man, you should start making beats. You should start giving our, uh, your beats too. You know, to us, we want to use them too. So, so we can have your brother's beats and our beats, and we can have like, you know, a, a team going on. So, yeah. For me, polyrhythmically and creatively, mm-hmm. you have what we like to call an underground touch or sound. However, it's refreshing to me, being an elder statesman, that you have respect for good musicians who made it to the top 40 field. Mm -hmm. What sound would you classify you have? Man, I've... I've sat down and figured and, and try to study my sound compared to a lot of other sounds and just the label, I guess the, the, the right label I could label it as is called future bass, future, future beat music, you know, future bass, that type of stuff. And if you could fire off a few influences of your production style. Oh man, it's, it's wide range. Uh, anywhere from Daft Punk all the way to Phila Cootie. You know, I get really tribal in my, some of my, my some of my recent music, so I, I give a lot of um, credit to Phila Cootie on that one. Um, influences of Bailey Funk in Brazil. Influences like, um, man, soul music such as Marvin Gaye. I grew up with that. You know, I grew up with Marvin Gaye and Sade and and Lauryn Hill. So all that all that mixed into one is me. Also, I, I, I do, I've recently discovered, um, uh, this is a group called uh, Tame Impala. It's like a rock group, you know, and I've, I've loved their, their take on rock, and it's the future, the future sound that they bring to rock, too, so I love Tame Impala. Now, since you mentioned Brazilian music as one of your influences, when I first took notice from you was from the More Balloons, and then Dasorinha, am I saying that? Dahasinha. Dahasinha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I really took notice and said, okay, this cat is doing something both unique but grounded to several influences. When you put out Otra Vez, <laughs> why did you keep riding that Latin influence? Man, ever since I released Dahasinha, I've gotten, you know, an, out, an outrageous feedback from 
uh, a lot of a lot of people that support me and even people that are with me since day one they're like man what made you do that I was like, I don't know it sounds good though let's keep doing it so I, I didn't I didn't want to stay just stay in the Brazilian sound I wanted to like try different uh, Latin sounds just to see where I can go because I felt like some people can try it but I feel like when they try it they totally remove themselves they totally remove their original work and just try salsa music and it's just straight salsa music and it sounds terrible because they're not they don't usually do salsa you know they're not used to that so I, I know I'm not used to salsa I didn't grow up in salsa music but I studied it applied it to my original sound and it, it came out to be otra vez which means again so that's what that's what I wanted to do I wanted to do it again there is a sage-like statement that you just made at the very old age of 21, okay? <laughs> there is an homage of your production where I feel like with filmmakers, like with the Chinese, when they make Chinese flicks, it's a Chinese flick. It's me. The Spanish are the same. Mm -hmm. East Indian people with Bollywood are the same. Mm -hmm. Have you reworked stuff where I was over-influenced and I got to put a little bit of me into it? Uh, I've tried oh, earlier before I started doing the Hasenia. Um, <laughs> early in my earlier work, I would I would mess with um a lot of rock and and do stupid stuff like just ride a wave that I wasn't wasn't supposed to be riding like dubstep, like super super hardcore you know dubstep. And I was like, what am I doing? Let me just step away. Let me just go back to what I've been you know what I've grown up with and what I've what I'm used to because that's what that's what the problem is with some producers there they would try something without even knowing that they they should be used to it you know they should be they should have that it should be second nature of applying something else already to what they what they're already doing already so now you had mentioned your brother mm -hmm. I feel like the parentals may have some influence into you were your parents into production what were they doing my mom, uh, she was in the Navy. My father was in the Navy as well. They used to live out in San Diego. And uh, on, on, from time to time, uh, they would, they would uh, you know, to get together and make some music. It would be my dad. He would be singing terrible raps. I love him to death. <laughs> I love him to death, but he would sing terrible raps. My mom would actually be on the keyboard sampling and making beats, literally making beats. Um, she would have my uncles, you know, do their raps. Uh, you know, she used to do it for a while. She used to, she brought it up from San Diego all the way to Seattle. And she, she probably, she was doing it for a good, I, I don't know for how long, but I, I'd probably say within a decade, she was doing it a good, a good, a good while producing, like literally. And I was like, man, mom, you really, she has tapes too. She has tapes that she kept of me and my brother crying in the background while she's making beats. It's crazy. Is she still producing? She's not. She's not still producing. She plays. The, she occasionally plays the piano, and uh, she's very, very talented in, in that. I love her to death, mom. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I wish, I wish I could incorporate her with my music. Um, you know, it'd be that'd be one thing. That'd be one heck of a thing to happen if I could have my mom co-produce co on one of my on one of my tracks. Eventually, it'll happen. I think. Verbal leak. What What's up next that you have in store for your? <clears throat> next ep or lp uh lp man um i, I feel like i'm ready to release something bigger on a bigger scale uh all i have is the art and the name and some production and uh it's called north 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 lp that's what it's called why l north 
North represents growth, you know, going somewhere better after you've been somewhere that was not as good and uh, always progressing, always always keeping something that you always value, number one, and never, never removing that inspiration lower, just always keeping that 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 height, you know, reaching for it, reaching for it also north, you know. Now, I, I sense a little bit of uh, other artistic capabilities when you say, <laughs> I have the design work. That's, that's a lot of DIY statement <laughs> in there. Do you work in other mediums of artistic uh, creative ventures? Yeah, um, I'm actually majoring in uh, graphic design at Western Michigan University. And uh, I honestly was going to go to school for audio engineering. I was really close to doing that, but I stepped back and I was like, you know, this is not for me. I didn't, before I even took the classes, I was like, man, I saw the, I saw the um, curriculum. curriculum and a lot of math. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, I, you know, I would, I'm not really good at math. And so I stepped back from it and I'm, I'm in my second year. I'm going to my second year of uh, graphic design. I'm enjoying it. And yeah, I do a lot of my, I do all my art. So, and I feel like it's, it's inspiration with itself for me to do my art first and then base my music off my art. Cause I feel like my music has to sound like the picture, you know, in a sense, like it has to look like, oh, that, that fits. You know, you don't want like a whole bunch of uh, quiet, soft sounding songs with like a bright colored, you know, you know, uh, cover. And I feel and it feels more natural when I base my um, my music off of the art. You know, it feels like a, it feels like a like I'm writing a book. Yeah, you know, that's another astute point of view. I've met enough video editors and post-production people for major companies. A lot of people work directionally according to the sound and soundtrack that they use. I'm gonna make a statement mm -hmm. and I want you to be completely honest and react to it. There are up and coming, budding, great, not so great producers who are remixing songs from popular artists to gain tag, dumb. But what's your reaction to the heavy amount of remixers out there for uh, top 40 cats. I've, I've been in that boat. Okay. I've been in that boat, and uh, I, I, I'm currently in that boat. I, I can honestly say that. Uh, my very first remix, official remix that I've released was a Lil Wayne dubstep remix. I am no way, shape, or form a dubstep producer. Some people may sound, I mean, some people may think that, oh, you know, you do like post-dubstep or it's, it's dubstep-esque, you know? I guess so, and I guess that's a, an influence that I've not really noticed. But uh, my my view on remixing in that case of top forty, I feel like, hey man, if you if you're desperate, go go after it, but don't let that be your only your only uh, route because if you keep doing that, you're gonna be just a remixer. You're not gonna be a producer, and you know you're gonna be. You're stuck in that in that realm, and you just, you're not gonna explore yourself as a as a true artist. And and um, don't get me wrong, it, it's really cool in a sense. Dub, uh, in, not dubstepping, <laughs> dubstepping. In a sense, remixing is sampling. It's kind of a sort of way of sampling, but it's kind of like using the whole sample. And your intent is to get known. So, I I I do have a um, I do have a a way of remixing now where I, if I really catch a song that needs to be touched on, like some classic, like, like Aaliyah, like I, rem I remixed Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody, 
featuring Timbaland. And I, I was just screaming my name. I was like, I got to put my hands on this. I got to put my hands on it. And it wasn't for the sake of me getting uh, recognition. It was just me loving that song for so long that I feel like I'm ready to uh, take that remix and apply it. Because I couldn't have done that, you know, when I was just starting out because it would sound crappy, you know. I have to I have to know how good I am to actually give it justice. You know, I don't want to just come at a song any old way and just hope hope that it turns out good. I have to like really like study it and like really, you know, brace myself for what I'm about to get into. So if I'm remixing, it's gonna be either someone that I really highly respect personally, like an artist I personally know, or a classic, or just something that I really recently heard that needs to be touched on that I can help that bring recognition as well. So, yeah. What software do you use uh, for production? Uh, primarily Reason 5. Um, I just stepped away from Fruity Loops for, like, man, I was, like, my main DAW that I use for, like, I've been, by the way, I've been, yeah, I've been producing since I was 12 years old. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. So I, I just recently stepped away from Fruity Loops. So Fruity Loops has, Fruity Loops and I have, have had some stories together so i love reason though it's really it's it works well with what i'm trying to do and so that's what i use to remix and their sound modules are crazy yeah they're they're absolutely bananas yeah um since we've spoken about the technical part your creative part here's a little bit of a personal part now that you're on tour Mm -hmm. on the left coast Mm -hmm. what are like challenges that you face classic example in a relationship what are like the challenges that you encounter with that? Man, the distance, man, with with uh I have a girlfriend back home and I love her to death, but things come the distance can hurt, you know, it, it you can only do so much, you know, with, with that situation. You just gotta just hope that, you know, every time you see each other, it's gonna be that much more of a of a connection. And what I what I wanna do is give her a reason uh to um, know that what I'm doing is not just for me. It's for all of my my family. You, you know, it's just it's for everyone. I want to show them that what what you what you've invested in me, all the stuff that you wanted me to know, and wanted to uh, teach me is paying off in a really good way. So yeah, this is the post racial generation. You are yeah part of the post racial generation. How how does that affect listenership do you at this point do you not give a shit is there a particular type of crowd or or musical culture in other words i would much rather not have reggaeton artists listen to this <laughs> but hip-hop his, hipsters uh I, I, I don't mind any of that you know is there a particular crowd that you you would like to embrace your sound older crowd anyone 40 and above and that's that's my that's like my recent cuz that's a tough crowd man the age barrier is the only, is the one of the barriers that still exists that's really 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 thick cuz you can reach barriers where you're reach you know you you got listeners that are muslim or christian coming together but what's what barrier stronger than that is that age barrier and breaking that barrier is really is really something so i'm going to make a statement you have a guy who is in his late 30s interviewing you. <laughs> I was rapping with Fat Lip outside of Delicious Vinyl talking about your set and Jay Swift. Mm-hmm. 
So you are making the proper strides, my friend, <laughs> as far as for doing that. This is the part of the show, which, you know, not a lot of people get to hear because I'm on satellite radio. You get to put yourself on blast on this part of the show. <laughs> so the answers will be either or. Okay. Here's blast number one. <laughs> Bossa Nova or fifth wave jazz? Fifth wave. Why? Uh, it just sounds better. Just keep it at that. It just sounds better. Bossa Nova, there's there's no disrespect to Bossa Nova, but it just it, you know when you have something in your hands, it just sounds better. You know, you got you got ice cream, you got you got you got strawberry ice cream or chocolate ice cream. It's just that simple as that preference. So a clandestine question for most people, big ear pock. Big uh Tupac. I almost said a biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Oh yeah. Only because I grew up on Tupac more. I just re- honestly, I just recently started getting into Biggie, um, like three years ago, um, mainly because my mom didn't let me listen to him. I don't get why she'd let me listen. Not my mom, sorry, my uncles. They would let. They would. I get. Think they're a bias, you know. Because growing up in Seattle, you're more West Coast. And you're just like, you know, my sons. I mean, my nephew's not gonna listen to Biggie just because, you know, uh, uh, he's the East Coast. But I don't. I don't think it was that that intense. But it was, had. It has a lot to do with my uncles. And they put me on the Tupac at a young age, so Tupac. I'm going to add on that, uh, part two to that on Blast. If you were listening to Biggie at that particular point you were into Tupac, would it be a close split or would you be Biggie-centric? Uh, I'll say this. Biggie, his delivery and his, 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 the way he delivers a song and the way he... He make, he get, he give the way he rides that that flow and that sound and that beat, hands down is killing Tupac. But Tupac's substance and Tupac's stories and Tupac's he he brings you emotionally out and his he you can feel. I'm not saying Biggie can't do the same thing, but more so, uh, Tupac has had a situation had a situation where I felt what he was feeling at that moment. Like dear mama, oh that I think that's. A universal feeling when you hear Dear Mama, if you have a mother or have a mother figure, you know, so. Okay, justifiable answer. Dust Brothers or Chemical Brothers? I'll be honest with you. Straight up, put yourself on blast. <laughs> I'm a young guy, and I've never listened to any either. You know what? Good. Don't, because <laughs> I, I would love for you to keep up with your musical pace. Mm-hmm. And the honest answer is the best answer in anything radio. That, that's what we try to do is, is for you to surrender who you are. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Uh, this is a little bit on some other, sh- other shit right now. But uh, <laughs> mixed black girls or mixed Asian girls? <laughs> I grew up in Seattle, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of racial mixtures and when I was younger I was like I was like third grade man and (laughs) you know you 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 come across a situation when you're you have you know when you're young you don't see race you just see you know how pretty a a girl is when you're in kindergarten or you're in third grade you just want to write notes to little girls and the girl I had a crush on she was Filipino and black (laughs) wow yeah so that's a long time ago man that was a long time ago. Okay. Basketball or baseball? Oh, man. 
I grew up watching baseball, but I recently started watching basketball. Big Gary Payton fan. <laughs> Seattle in the house. And, but see, you got King Griffey Jr. I knew I knew about King Griffey Jr. before I even knew about Michael Jordan. That's crazy. That's how much King Griffey Jr. was in that city. Like he was a king. It's baseball. Baseball. Baseball represent. Baseball. Okay. East Coast or West Coast? Because you are both from Seattle and Michigan, mm-hmm. and you represent both. Left coast, right coast. Left, without a doubt. That's my home. That's where I was. That's why. That's where my roots are. That's where my family lives. You know. But I give respect for the East Coast because they make they built me as as my as who I am today. You know, the Midwest rather. I'm more Midwest and West Coast as a mixture. You know. So let me do a to be on that. What what's an example if you can remember that that has enveloped and develop you into who you are by living in the East Coast or or Midwest, yeah. I should say. Man, the Midwest, the way the people are, they're really about the history. They're really about like Detroit, like people from Detroit. Um I respect them because they know what happened in Detroit. They know what is still existing in Detroit and that history. Uh, being from the Midwest, they let they make sure they make they make sure that they let you know that you're living in a place that's full of history and you got to know the history. 